Welcome to the See You Next Summer podcast. I am your host, Billy Pollahan, and with me as always is the Christine to my Arnie, uh, Mr. Raul Rodriguez. I just love the face that he just made. You guys can't see it, but he gave like a very confused look. I don't know, maybe the Arnie to my Christine, or no, the I, or, um the Arnie to my Dennis. How about that? No, I I was gonna do like try to like kind of like make car sound or transformer noises. Yeah, because I'm like the only thing I can think of transformers noises. Yes, today we're doing a really good movie. We're doing Christine. Oh yeah, uh, we're seeing our good old friend Stephen King, and uh, you know it's been a while. It's been a little bit less than a year since we've covered our good buddy Stephen King, but this is one of his most beloved adaptations, and it fits in with our uh, horror John Carpenter month. Yes, a great melding of two things. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. Mm-hmm. Things, two things you never thought could go together, do. Mm-hmm. And not something terrible like pineapple on pizza. One Hot day take. We'll get, one day we'll get to Dreamcatcher. Yeah, <laughs> if we ever if we ever cover Stephen King again, which we will. We will. Oh, there's so many. We'll have to do the id movies one day too. Are you including the miniseries? Fuck. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, damn it, okay. Either way, we're here to talk about Christine. Yes. Um I saw this movie when I was a kid, and I remember that I liked it a lot. And now seeing it as an adult, I I remember some scenes when I was watching, and I'm like, fuck, I forgot how good this movie is. Yeah, and this was my first time watching it. So mm-hmm. I had heard about its reputation, and it's very good. I knew it was about a killer car and all that stuff, but I didn't really know too much about it. And... That is... Uh, this movie feels very influential. Because oh, when yeah. I was watching it, I can't remember, remember so many things. Like, the main character going from a cute nerd to horribly evil man reminded me of Spider-Man 3. Nah, it gave me some shade. <laughs> like, he only needed to say that. Um, the other thing, when Christine... It's getting assembled. It reminded me of the season five finale of Supernatural, when when Chucky when Chucky's telling the story about how the Impala got created, and it goes from the assembly line and it goes to a priest, and I'm like, damn it! It almost the shot feels the same like in Christine, right? So um, what you're saying is that baby is essentially Christine, a good version of Christine. Okay, I can believe that. There's a lot of stuff from Supernatural that grab from Christine. Remember in the pilot when Sam is driving and then like Yorona walks in and there's like a white light inside of the car? That was from Christine. When the Impala drives by itself in the bridge, that's from also from Christine. There's a lot of stuff of Christine in the Supernatural. But also another thing that I even told Billy, Dave and Gordon Green stole a lot from Christine when he did Halloween Ends. A lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is your basic Stephen King story if you really get down to it we're gonna list the examples as it goes on but this is like uh, the male version of carrie pretty much but with the homicidal herbie 
Yes. <laughs> so once again, in every Stephen King story, where does it open in? A well, first of all, the title card is awesome, and you hear the revving of Christine's engine. Mm-hmm. It's John Carpenter's Christine, and John Carpenter himself did the music again, mm-hmm. of course, and did a very good job with it. Yes, and uh, it opens in 1958 in Detroit, back when they had the car plant. It, this was actually a uh, part of the Darnell set or the Darnell auto repair set, but it was so huge that they just used one half for this assembly shot Mm -hmm. and uh like in stephen king's stories it's the 50s at least in this opening scene and this this car factory it's uh pumping out all these plymouth furies Mm -hmm. so plymouth is not a company anymore it was Mm -hmm. very popular for a long time and it's essentially the sports car but they're all rather plain and then what stands out is this bright red one. And, of course, it starts playing Bad to the Bone. Bad to the Bone. Da, 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 da. Like I, Megamind. There, no, there's two things that, for me, that song is referenced to for me. John Ritter's Problem Child and Married with Children. <laughs> oh, I think of Megamind. I know, but, but you're younger, though. That, that's why you think of that. Yeah, that's right. You're only, like... 40 years older than me so it's uh. anyway uh anyway this car while it's being made it the hood of the car comes down on a worker's hand and just breaks his hand the other one takes a break in the car and starts smoking in it and Mm. some of the ash uh gets caught on the seat we find out later he dies like they just open the car and the guy just like sprawls dead Whereas Christine always plays fifties rock, rock and roll. Yeah, it's all it's always on the nose songs too, which I love, and it really gives the car a personality. And it made me think of Bumblebee. I was gonna say that because my Bay stole that from this movie, the personality of doing it through the radio. Do you think that Christine would just be like an uh, a toxic ex girlfriend of Bumblebee? Oh, too much prime. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's why, or like Bumblebee is like a descendant of Christine or something like that. That'd be cool. Anyway, uh, it cuts to, wow, uh, September 16th, 1978. That only happened as of this recording just a few days ago. Nice. In Northern California, in a town that does not exist. Mm -hmm. But not only that, that, isn't it the original Halloween 1978? No, 1976. Oh. Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, no, you're right. It is 1978. So we're saying that in the John Carpenter universe, there's Haddonfield, is, uh, where it's maybe the story in Haddonfield is happening at the same time? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, uh, we meet our main characters. Uh, Arnie Cunningham, played by brilliantly by this guy named Keith Gordon. And uh, he is the quintessential Stephen King nerd. Like, this dude is Poindexter to a T. And he has... Oh, uh, another thing. 
much like in every Stephen King story, terrible parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not religious zealots in this one, thankfully, but they are. He's not a writer. And he's not a writer. But these parents are awful. Yeah. Like, they still they treat him like such dog shit. Doesn't justify what he does later, but you can True. understand why he did mm-hmm. that. Um, and then there's his best friend, Dennis. And we're not played- in Maine. We're not in Maine. No, we're in Northern California. It's <laughs> another rare thing. <laughs> but uh, he's played by John Stockwell, who many know from uh, Top Gun. He was the pilot cougar that turned uh, down his spot at Top Gun so Tom Cruise and Goose could get in there. But his niece is actually Florence Welch from Florence and the Machines. So I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, and De- Dennis is the good-natured jock. He's basically Sue Snell from Carrie. Yeah. And Arnie is our Carrie in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Arnie's clumsy. He's got these big glasses. And Dennis is the popular footballer who still he's he's a good friend to him. Mm-hmm. And while this happens, uh, also Dennis, they talk about chicks like how guys usually talk about chicks. And uh, so if you're a radical feminist or something, you're not going to like this movie. It is very uh, of its time, but it's also like, I didn't mind that for me because yeah, this locker room talk. I I have heard this before too. And I'm like, I forgot that this movie had this kind of dialogue though. I literally forgot. Like one of the the first things that they talk about says, you carry your license between your legs. And I'm like, whoa, oh, Okay. And then how they describe the the other character, Lee. She's uh, she's smart, but she has the body of a slut. Oh, just one of the douchebag friends. Yeah, one of the douchebag friends, yeah. That feels like a cartoon character. And then Dennis getting the fuck me eyes from this blonde named Roseanne, played by Kelly Preston, who would later marry John Travolta. She sadly passed away due to breast cancer not too long ago. So, you know, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And I bring that up because who was in Carrie John and who Travolta. started their career? Uh, uh, John Travolta. Mm-hmm. And I it's mean. funny because Raul texted me during the movie when he goes to the shop class, he gets bullied by, uh, of course, bullies. Mm-hmm. And he is bullied by this guy, Buddy Repperton, and his big Jim Morrison hair. Yes. He's got big biceps. The dude looks like he's 30, but it makes sense in and this he context. Moves like Travolta. He really is like if Danny Zuko is like never got out of high school. Yeah. And he, of course, ruins his lunch. And then he threatens him with a switchblade, mm-hmm. the standard Stephen King bully weapon. And the teacher is just like, all right, guys, knock it off. And also, one of the gang members mm-hmm. is, uh, remember the guy at the beginning of Ghostbusters that is taking the electroshock test mm-hmm. from uh, the one that's like, the effect, uh, I'll tell you what the effect is. It's pissing me off. You know, that big curly haired dude. Yeah. That's one of the guys. Ah, okay. And also talking about similarities with Carrie, 
So technically, the shop scene is the male version of the of the bathroom scene, of the of the shower scene, and also because even like like opening the the back and it shows milk, and I'm also talking about men talking about that kind of thing that I'm trying I'm playing. I right thought now. it was I thought it was yogurt. Well, also, well, yogurt. We Either know way, it's very sexually uh, uh-huh. suggestive. Sigmund Freud would have a field day. Specifically, how they focus on the bag that looks like balls, and then and then cutting it. I'm like, I saw what you did there, Carpenter. I saw what you did there. And then he slips on it, and so. And then I also like the. The balls on this fucking bully when he that tells the professor, "I don't give a fuck if you if you expel me or whatever." And I was like, I can kill you right now. And I was like, uh, and I'm like, wow. I'm pretty sure this is not far-fetched that a fucking random bully will tell this to a professor in the 80s. It and doesn't... then he like barks another fuck at him. Apparently uh-huh. they had to swear a couple of times like to make it an R rating. Yeah. And then critics were apparently shocked at the language and it was the most vulgar movie. Although Scarface came out the same year and mm-hmm. that blew that out of the water. Yeah, because this movie didn't feel R-rated to me. Of course, it'll be the fuck stuff, but I'm like, this could have been an easily a PG-13. Another thing, this movie is not gory. No. It's actually character-driven. Mm-hmm. And most of the terror is like built up on this long tension and just the eerie silence. Mm-hmm. And it's it's what John Carpenter is best at. Mm-hmm. Like he can make a good chase scene. Like he he makes them look so good and so f- effortless. Anyway, the bully gets expelled. Uh, the fact that he's like thirty year old man, yeah, shouldn't be surprising. And uh, after this, I think they're on their way home, and then Arnie sees a used Plymouth Fury. Yes. And he's like, oh, I want this, I want this. And he sees this uh, in this old, dirty-ass, like, Christine's seen better days. Mm-hmm. And we know her name is Christine, and it's a her, because the owner, um, Mr. Um, Isn't that the guy with my Home Alone? Yes, it is. It's the old guy from Home Alone. Yeah, I was like, I've seen this guy before. <laughs> yeah, Mr. LeBay, mm-hmm. who... Uh, he had a much more prominent role in the book, uh-huh. which is a 700-page book. And here, he's just sort of like the old man that's just like, I don't give a shit now that you paid me $250, which is about the equivalent of a grand, maybe, mm. for that piece of crap. Yeah, sure. I'd say that's a steal. Barney really, really wants the car. And it's not, it had 93,000 miles. Yeah, and he inherited it from his brother. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, why doesn't your brother keep it? Because he died. Ooh. Six weeks ago. Ooh. And, and the then, car's name is Christine. How does he know that? Who cares? Yeah. And then, uh, and then um, uh, I know that the friend was like, ah. Uh, you have that kind of money. I've been saying for college. Doesn't matter. I want the car. And then he goes back to his home. And then his parents are. I was like, why? I don't want this. I don't want that piece of garbage in my driveway. 
And I was like, why you did it without our approval? And I'm like, I bought the car in just that says, mother, since I says, Arnie. I was like, I didn't want to talk to the committee because I had done everything for you, mother. I have done the chess club and taking classes, classes at, uh, at the college level and extra subjects and everything for you, mother. I want this. And that's it. And then the mother says, you're not keeping any of the, uh, that car in my house. Any car. And no, then, in the driveway. She's very specific about the driveways. This mm-hmm. is like very Karen behavior. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, all right, fine, but I'm keeping the car. So he mm-hmm. gets it at a uh, a junkyard garage mm-hmm. run by the middle-aged guy named Will Darnell, played by Robert Prosky, who I remember from Last Action Hero. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for storage. And then he's going to fix it up there and all that stuff. And he begins working on it um, every, for whenever he can. And he starts helping Mr. Darnell around the garage as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the first time Arnie's standing up to his parents. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's also seeing that Arnie's being more, Dennis is seeing that Arnie's being more assertive. Mm-hmm. He's ditching the glasses. He's looking more like a 50s greaser. Yeah. He's definitely trying his play uh, audition for Danny Zuko in Greece. Yeah, even wearing the red uh, jacket and everything, and also has been going three weeks, and I love that Mr. Darnell is like, uh, wow, the boy has great hands. I was like, uh, but he's uh, Mr. Darnell's like, but it's a piece of shit of card. You cannot polish a, a piece of third. And then he talks to Arnie. I was like, uh, I know you have been grabbing my junk. It's not for free. Let's make a deal. You clean for me. You do some uh, some oil changes. I'll like, use my scraps, and I even give you some money. And then I love when we see Arnie after this, he, the way that he robs Christine. And um, and then we go and see the friend. And we see the friend and his douchebag friend. And they look at Lee and they're like, uh, and she, they see her like eating part of the eraser. And I was like, look at what she's doing with the pencil. I wish I was an eraser. Oh, and uh, that's the other thing. Lee Cabot is the new girl. And yeah, uh-huh. she's gorgeous. Again, yeah, beautiful did. blowout hair and played by Alexandra Paul, who would later be known uh, for Baywatch. Makes oh, a lot of sense. Nice. In the 90s. In the 90s. And uh, she has an identical twin sister. So mm-hmm. there was, I was telling Raul this story um, off camera, but there was one day on set where they pranked John Carpenter. And switched places, you know, the identical twin thing that every identical twin, I swear, has done Mm -hmm. where they switch places. And then uh, there's a photo of the behind the scenes and John Carpenter's looking up at uh, her sister like, who who is this lady? Mm -hmm. And she came on the set and is just like, you fired me already? (laughs) But yeah, he's fully restored Christine as well. Mm. She's beautiful. He starts making out uh, with Lee. Arnie has managed to ask out, in their words, the hottest girl in school. And it distracts Dennis from football, and he gets tackled brutally. And he ends up 
uh, almost getting paralyzed, and it ends his football career. He will yes. never play football again. Because Christine planned the whole thing. Mwahaha. Now, but also before this, I also, the little bit of thing that we skipped that uh, the friend, uh, he goes to the mom and I was like, um, and then we see that she's fighting with Arnie and then she, the mother talks to him, was like, uh, but it's because what is going on with him? I was like, uh, and, then, uh, and then she's like, uh, and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I haven't talked to him in weeks. And I was like, I know the worst thing about it. When we went to sign the registration of the car. They told us that the previous owner died from carbon monoxide poisoning. And then uh, and then he, the friend, goes back to the old guy to see, uh, to know us a little bit more exposition. We know that the guy, the previous owner, tried to get rid of the car, but the car came back. And the guy's daughter died by a hose. And then the wife died, too. Yeah, so and, the daughter choked and the wife died by suicide. Mm-hmm. So he killed himself. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this is a great episode of Supernatural. Once again, bring in the Winchesters. And uh, then Arnie's continuing to date Lee, and they go to a drive-in movie theater. Remember yeah. those? And uh, while that's happening, he's getting a little handsy with uh, her. And, I mean, credit to him. Mm-hmm. But she's just like, no, I can't. I can't do it in the car when, like, she just has this feeling. Mm-hmm. And then during the movie, while it happens, Christine's windshield breaks, or the wiper breaks. Mm-hmm. So Arnie goes out to fix it. But as that happens, Lee's choking on a hamburger, and immediately the door locks them. The doors mm-hmm. lock. And, and then the whole car starts going super super bright white that whole light like it was like oh you just go to the end of the tunnel kind of feel just to kill her faster i like also it feels like it reminded me of the fuck like uh the way that they should remember that it was called super bright when they we see that the ghost when they're showing the fuck and she's choking and then she's trying to already trying to open the door and i love that the 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 car is saying through the radio like he's like a like aesthetically the car saying I was like he's only mine like you would not have him you know like I like this but the car is super jealous oh yeah and then there's a guy from the next car over mm. gives That's her the Heimlich like, maneuver mm-hmm. saves her life and then she of course is like you know he drives her home and then she's just like I'm not getting in that car again. It's like your car is jealous. Only plays old songs. Yeah. You're more obsessed with the car than you are with me. And Arnie's turning into a dick. Yes. Too. I mean, there is assertiveness that he needed, but now it's just becoming... He's becoming way too arrogant. Mm-hmm. Now dig on this. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and then uh, he goes back into the car, and I was like, because the car won't start, I was like, come on, Christine, everything will stay the same. And then the car starts, and the radio says, I love you. And then uh, and then we see in the in the football game, we see that the bullies, one of the bullies, the chubby one, he's like, I know where he keeps the car. 
And so we see the bullies going to the car shop, destroy Christine. As they were about to start their rendition of Grease Lightning. But it's yes! like, nope, nope, they just uh, they just destroy it. Including one of them apparently taking a shit on the dashboard. Uh-huh. We didn't see it, but yeah, that's a bit much, don't I'm you like, think? I'm like, if it was going to be a raid, why you didn't go for it? But I, oh, you know what? It would have, the movie's too good. You technically don't need it, though. Yeah, and then Arnie comes in the next day. Flee there, because I guess he's like, oh, I'll give it up, don't worry. Hmm. And uh, then he he's like in shock. And then she tries to actually console him, and then he's just like, don't touch me. You wanted this, didn't you, you shitter? Because apparently everybody gets called shitter in this movie. Yeah. I, I love the heartbreak. I love the heartbreak on Arnie because it's like all of my wasted time, work, money, destroyed. And I'm like, I get it. Especially because I love my car too. Even if it gets a little scratch, I feel heartbroken. So I love that kind of feeling. Now me as an adult, I can get more of the heartbreak seeing him, like seeing the car destroyed. I like that moment a lot though. That's my favorite part of the movie. And like him seeing the car destroyed, though. Keith Gordon really does sell the Arnie's madness. Yeah. Like slowly going into it. Everybody is acting their asses off. Yes. Like it, it's not done in a campy way. There is no bad anything. acting in this movie, though. Everyone's taking it very seriously. And they could have easily had just dismissed it. What, a killer car? Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's believable because they believe it. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens is uh, the parents try to talk to him and then he starts blaming them mm-hmm. and uh, they don't have Scrabble night anymore. And the dad's just like, oh, you've been disrespectful to your mother one last time. So what does Arnie do? He starts he chokes out his fucking dad. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm hitting the hay. And he's looking more like James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause with that stupid red jacket. It's probably on purpose. Yeah, and then he's like, with Christine, like, all oh, this trying, I'm going to repair. You know what can hurt us anymore? We'll show them what we can do. And this is my second favorite shot of the whole movie. The way that he walks in front of it, and we see in the lights, and the way that the car starts repairing itself, the detail of how it does it, it looks so good. It reminded me the thing that you were saying like before we restarted recording. This repair reminded me of the detail of the American Werewolf in London transformation. Yeah, and so this movie was made on a $10 million budget. Most of that was due to getting the cars. There were 24 cars used for Christine. Mm-hmm. And only two are left mm-hmm. to this day. One of them was made to, yeah, some were more reinforced. So that they could hit mm-hmm. other things. Others were made to just collect, condense more easily. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they made the car parts crush easily. And then, uh, or like they crushed the car, but then they reversed the footage. And that effect right there, it's almost 37 years. Mm-hmm. Or it's actually over 37 years. And it is... So much better than most movies today. 
And that's also the best piece of music of John Carpenter in that moment because it feels so seducting. The way that the Christine is repairing itself, but also the way that Arnie's looking at him. That is a really good piece of music that John Carpenter did in that moment. Yeah, and he has a really good... Uh, his lighting is also yeah. very good. He's always been good with uh, lighting. And this movie is no exception, especially with all the headlights with Christine. So many awesome shots because, you know, how can you beat a car? Mm-hmm. It's it's basically a 3,000-pound death machine mm-hmm. when you get down to it. and So this is the prequel to Maximum Overdrive? Oh, <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> Never even thought of it like that. I blow your mind. I just thought of it right now. Anyway... Arnie goes back to school, but... Uh, ah, the investigator. Yeah, after Christine takes out one of the gang, the, the big guy, uh, his name's Moochie. And, and Matilda song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the song from Matilda. Mm-hmm. And just chase, chases him, even though they dropped him off at the side of a highway for some reason. And he gets pinned to a wall. Mm-hmm. Just this determination for this car to kill this guy, man, it's good. I love that. I love that so much of how the Christine was like, oh, you think you're you think because I don't fit. And Christine was like, I can still go. Damn. And he's just like standing there in shock, like, no. no. Like he did a free shot, like, ah, ah, ah. Like all in red, like in really jello. <laughs> um and then after this, uh, we see that Arnie is talking with Christina. I was like, whatever. And because Arnie's talking with the friend, I was like, so you you know what happened to that guy, to the chubby guy? I was like, yeah. But what if Buddy tried to do something to you or Christine? No one will touch Christine ever again, not even him. And then we see the investigator going to the school. Oh, the investigator played by underrated actor Harry Dean Stanton. Who I remember from Alien, and I mean, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, there was a movie he did called Repo Man that was really, really good, and uh, he he was just a great supporting character actor in the Avengers. He's the janitor that finds the Hulk. Oh yeah, so that's what you call a very long career. He lived to be Mm -hmm. very old. Anyway, uh, he questions him like, "Where were you?" and all this stuff, and he's just like, "I was at home. I have an alibi." And then I think I it's like, super aggressive too. And then he was like, "Oh, you did a hell of a job, re- re- like uh, rebuilding this car." I was like, "Yeah, but you can have the different shades of paint." And everything. I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't look like you noticed." I was like, uh, "I was like, and even I heard one of the bullies shit on your car." And I was like, "It's weird that you didn't even took the insurance or to the police and photos of the damages." And then, and then one of them just died, or he got cut in half. They had to shovel his legs, and then Arnie was like, that's what you do with shit. You shovel it. I'm like, damn. Uh, and like, uh, you, I'm like, Arnie, shut up. You're saying that you were involved. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but they can't prove that. Uh-huh, they can't prove it. Like, shut up. And then I, because I'm the investigator, the way they was dressed, and then he went to say, this cookie's going to crumble. <laughs> Yeah, and I like how they establish like how time passes as well. Yes. So you know this was like a gradual thing. Yeah, because it's in October right now. This is like Thanksgiving, I think, by this mm-hmm. moment. 
and then it cuts to middle of December, mm-hmm. where we get probably the most iconic scene, um, as it gruesomely kills each of the gang members. Uh, the that gas took part station in, scene. Yeah, the gas station scene, where Christine arrives at the gas station, destroys Buddy's car, like rams right into it. They think it's Arnie, mm-hmm. obviously. But I love that you never see, like, it's just the car itself. You never no, see anybody in it. Because the whole car's windows are completely black tinted. That's the other the detail that I like. Like, it feels like Christine has her own soul and it's super dark. I like that. I remember that detail when I was a kid. And I love that Christine is just, it's got its own personality. Yes. And it's just a jealous girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And it's it could also be like a drug addiction, you know, People, your friends and family and girlfriend are all trying. You're not you, you know? So you're saying that Christine is a really good drug PSA? Could be. Uh, Yeah, I can see that. But then uh, Christine manages to kill one of the bullies and then Final Destination style gasoline starts pouring all over and then it blows up. Mm. And then the most famous image of this movie is Christine on fire going after Buddy as he runs away because he hightails it out of there. And you know what it reminded me when Christine goes goes in reverse on fire? Reminded me of Michael Myers on fire at the end of Halloween too when uh, Miss Dr. Loomis was already also there on fire and Michael's still walking like that and Yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, what is it with John Carpenter and fire? Yes. And, I mean, that's just like, I mean, even in Halloween, fire is always like a big thing. Oh, yeah, that also happened in, in Halloween Kills. I forgot. Yeah. And Halloween Resurrection. Oh, fuck. I only saw half of that movie. I well, okay, it ends with a fire. Um, ah. And then uh, Christine on fire kills uh, uh, kills body Ma-style. Rask him over. Yeah, and it's done total silence. You just hear the <laughs> running. And you just see Christine just taking her time, just taking her time, and then just runs him over. It's it's not graphic at all. No. It's surprisingly, like, silent. Very effective. No dramatic, no being like, boom, But the pacing and everything is perfect. Yes. And I think that's due to Carpenter's direction. Mm -hmm. He might not have written the story, but he directed the hell out of this movie. Mm -hmm. And... When that happens, uh, oh, Christine also drives herself back to the garage as Mr. Darnell is like, oh, man, is Arnie here? He's like, no, no, he's still he's doing other things. With a loner car. Yeah, with, the, with, with a loner car, a Cadillac, which is still a pretty good loner car. Uh-huh. Um, so he has an alibi. He's It's not Arnie. Mm-hmm. And so when he goes in to check it, Another great scene is uh, when she kills Mr. Darnell, Mm -hmm. just puts the seat up as far as she can and crushes him. And then after that, the following morning, it's like nothing ever happened. Yep. And then we see that uh, uh, Arnie arrives to the shop and the investigator is right there. It's like, we found uh, your boss dead next to a shotgun in the car. 
I need you to give me the receipt what you did last night. And I was like, here's right, right here. My mom can prove that I was, that I slept home. But why you didn't deliver the pieces last night? Because I was tired. And then I was like, uh, and also your, your buddy and his friends are dead too. And then Arnie was like, I don't know what's going on. I swear. Like he just tells me, I don't know what's going on. He just stares at Christina as Christine is getting like checking for prints and everything. They're checking every corner of Christine. And then we going to New Year's and we see that the friend and Leah, they're talking. I was like, we need to talk about Christine. What if the car doesn't let him go? So we destroy it. And then uh, we see that Arnie is driving, is driving with his friend and then shows that he, that Christine can drive by itself. I was like, it's me and Christine. We have a special relation. I was like, but I care about you. Lee cares about you. And he's like, no one will come between me and Christine. She cares about me. She's the only one that has have faded me. She's the only, only one that has treated me well. And I'm like, and when you said that about drugs, I was like, yeah, I can see the drug thing. Like uh, the like the drugs only keeping me happy, kind of like a uh, point of view with a lot of drug uh, drug stories. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we saw the following that we see that he, uh, not Arnie, the the friend scratches the car and they rides it with a, oh, fuck, uh, with a screwdriver. Says that go meet me at Darnell's tonight. And we go to the final part of the movie that is the trap. Oh, yeah, because much like in Carrie, you know, two people team up Mm -hmm. in Carrie. It was the teacher and Sue and or Sue and her boyfriend, Tommy. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it is. Oh, yeah, Carrie, there's a fire in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, it's Dennis and Lee and uh, Dennis is getting a little comfortable with her. Let's just say that. And Carrie's getting up from a fire, all in blood, and then she chases John Travolta to a fucking car and asks him over. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they're oh like, do you know anything about the car? And then uh, he tells her the history of Christine. And then they're like, oh, man, we're just... Because they're bonding together about, mm. man, how bad Arnie has fallen off the deep end. Watch as he dives in. You know, like, uh, he, he's far from the shallows now. <laughs> and they know, much like every Stephen King, the third act, we gotta kill the big bad. Yeah. So, what do they do? He decides to call Arnie, and uh-huh. Lee is outside, just uh, chilling out in a bush, mm-hmm. just spying. And, uh, then Arnie arrives in Christine, and of course, he's like, hey, Dennis, come on over. And Dennis has a broken leg as well. Mm-hmm. He's still healing. Yeah. And uh, uh, the thing that he's driving is a bulldozer, right? Yeah, and it's going to take place at Mr. Darnell's garage. Mm-hmm. And this place is huge, yeah. too. So it's like they had a, they had a lot worked out for them. Mm-hmm. It was actually an abandoned uh, car factory uh-huh. that they got to use. And uh, then we see uh, um, Arnie's got, like, the dazed eyes, looking like Jack Torrance from The Shining, another Mm -hmm. Stephen King story. And he's drinking, as the IMDb synopsis says, Homer Simpson's quantities of beer. (laughs) Um, 
and he starts terrorizing other people and he's like oh no 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 just just watch watch it's gonna drive itself i need you to watch this just like mm-hmm. you know the thing about love man is that you know you gotta sacrifice a little bit but it sacrifices in return and that's real love man he's just like what are you talking about like lee and he's like no christine mm-hmm. and you know that he's just he's too far gone yeah like he he wants to fuck his car definitely and yeah uh dennis is just like yeah no we gotta we gotta kill this thing once and for all and you know that thing that the movie was missing when when uh the friend is at the bulldozer and even arnie and christine look at each other and then they look at him uh at the bulldozer and then the friend's like get away from him you bitch and then christine Uh, the movie needed that too. And then they try to do a setup. Now they're at mm-hmm. Mr. Darnell's garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lee is going to close the door so they can trap Christine in. But somehow Christine managed to jump scare them by hiding under some garbage. Michael Myers style. Michael Myers style. Did and he? then <laughs> starts chasing them. It's actually pretty terrifying. Yes. And it crashes through one of the office walls and Arnie's behind the wheel as well. Mm-hmm. And he gets ejected through the windshield because he didn't wear a seatbelt like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And he gets impaled on a shard of glass. And as he's dying, he touches the hood of the car like, you know, I'm sorry, baby, that sort mm-hmm. of thing as he dies. Like, damn, in his own way, he dies a little bit happy. Yeah. But it's also like usually in these stories, they everybody lives, right? Mm-hmm. Not in this one, so I no. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Wrap up this story. Also, the other thing that we need to bring up about criticizing Stephen King, sometimes Stephen King doesn't pull out good endings. This is a really good ending. We're talking about this in Carrie and Misery. Misery also has great ending because then we see that um, Arnie is all dead. He touches the hood, and then he's like a. And then we see that that one. Then Leo's like, "No, Arnie is dead." And then we see that. Uh, and then we see that Lee is running through through the office, and Christine still keeps going. And then the bulldozer grabs Christine, and grabs Christine by the hood, and Christine keeps trying to keep still going, accelerating, accelerating. And then the bulldozer rises from the back, and then and then gets the bulldozer on top of her, but then it's still. Christine rebuilds that part of it and then he hears the radio rock and roll will never die he's here to stay rock and roll is here to stay that song and then he gets completely the bulldozer all completely on top of the whole of whole Carol Christine and then we see us Lee seeing horrified in front of her seeing how Christine is getting destroyed and then the following day we see that uh, uh, the friend Christina and the investigator, they look at Christine all molded into a cube. And then they're just staring at it. And I was like, uh, and the person was like, well, thank you for solving the mystery. And I was like, I'm sorry for what happened to your friend. And I was like, yeah, we're sorry too. And then we hear the radio playing and they both get scared. And I love that it's a random worker just with a boombox. Like, she's like, God, I hate rock and roll. As we focus on the cube, and then a little part of the hood in the cube starts bling. 
that moves a little bit. And that's how Christine ends. What a movie. So, yeah, that was Christine. Yeah. Um, and uh, what do you think? That was your first time seeing it. Very good. I can see why people really like this movie. You know, some of the Stephen King adaptations get blinded by nostalgia or they're a product of their time. Yeah. Or they're not really Stephen King stories. The Shining it's a decent movie because like once you put into context certain things, mm-hmm. but it's a terrible adaptation. And from what I can tell, this is a mostly faithful adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like it gets the bare bones of uh, this story. And, you know, it's, it's misery, but with a car. Mm. And, yes. You know what? That's that's more than okay. He makes you're a car terrifying. It is, it is scary, but with a car. And then the next one is a lamp monster. Ooh. Ooh, ooh! I always bring up that joke with. I love that with, joke. Oh, I think we did that joke last week too. Yeah, it was like, a, and then a lamp monster. I, I swear, I'm gonna stop doing it. You're not even trying, are you? Ah, ah, ah! Just, okay. When can when, I? Get when it? can I get? The, uh no but i really enjoyed christine i thought it was well acted directed shot everything i thought it was very good um i mean it's very b movie like like it's it's, a classy b movie yeah it's like an 80s b movie and you know what sometimes that's just enough Mm -hmm. by no means a perfect movie but a very good one I will say this. I remember specific stuff from the movie, mostly the car chasing at the end and uh, the reaction of him seeing uh, Christine getting destroyed. I remember that when I was watching the movie again now as an adult because I didn't remember a lot from the surprise. I remember the stuff from Christine of how killing people. I didn't remember the thing with the fire, though. So, and so... Now seeing it again as an adult and getting the context of how you dedicated your work and your time because you love your car so much. But also the car represents also thing because like we said at the beginning, this is the male version of Carrie because back then and still now though, a lot of men were always really proud of ourselves when we have our own car. I think that's the message of the movie though. That's part of the message though. Or how we become so obsessed with cars and public because we love them so much. And also because it's our method of transportation because we want our cars to never get destroyed and how we can become obsessed with them. And in Carrie, the message was about womanhood and the, the fear of becoming an adult and a woman and, uh, and the thing about religion. And there's a lot of things like between like, this is the male version of Carrie. It's a lot of stuff. Without the religious subtext. They all know the subtext, yes. Yeah, but they both deal with, like, obsession. Mm -hmm. Strict parents. Yes. Bullies. The ultimate ultimate Stephen King. Hey, you you just want to just get a group of bullies, and they get brutally murdered. You just need to add a a religious knot. There was no religious knot in this movie. Pretty much. And it's like... He takes a broad concept, like a killer car, mm-hmm. and does so much with it. 
And the fact that this was made only eight months after the book was published. Yeah. Crazy. It's a good adaptation. It's yeah. a good fast track adaptation. Uh, I'll get this movie a 9.5. It's a really good movie. Really wow. Like yeah. That's uh way better than the fuck. Was not a big fan yeah. of the fuck. I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm going to give this movie a nine. Yeah, nice. Go a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. I think it's very good. Um, I'm tempted to go eight and a half, but you know what? I'll stick with nine. Mm-hmm. I had a very good time with it. And next week, we're going to start the end of... We got some unfinished business with the closing of... Well, the first of two what movies. We opened the trilogy. Or didn't they take it the backwards? Yes, because Raul loves the last one and insisted on doing it first. Yes. Way back in season one. Yeah. It only took us four years to come back around to it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Prince of Darkness. I'm very interested to see Raul's reaction. I've never seen it, so that, that's why I'm so and excited. Mine. So, if it's anything like The Fog, we'll see. And I cannot be the man of so. No, I don't think either it will. But yeah, we're doing Prince of Darkness. Nice. So, where can the good people find you, buddy? You can find me as always at RoboRadarDC on Twitter, Instagram, and a little box at RoboRadarDC. Please follow the podcast on SYNS pod on Twitter. Please give us an nice review on Spotify, Anchor, and the other ones and you believe yes you can follow me on letterboxd and twitter at master puns 196 every word starts with a capital letter you can also follow me on instagram at billy batson's lightning nothing is capitalized and once again you can follow the main show twitter at syns pod as well as give us a five star and just write a review on apple Podcasts, as well as listen to us on google spotify spotify for podcasters uh, SoundCloud, wherever podcasts can be listened to. And as always, see you next summer. Rock and roll is here to stay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>